0: Welcome to Through the Line with me, Andy Barjury. In this podcast, I aim to explore the hidden mysteries and science of marketing. By interviewing leading lights and top thinkers in the world of marketing and communications from both sides of the agency and client divide, I aim to shed a light in the areas where we can start to drive marketing performance. In this episode, I'm joined by John Torrens, a communication skills coach from here in the UK, and we look at the secrets of effective public speaking and good communication skills. Come on in and enjoy the show. John, good Hello. afternoon. How are you, sir?
1: I'm all right. Yeah, I've just been for a long run, so I feel fantastic.
0: A long run. Lunchtime. to so Justina, you know, get the blood flowing
1: living the dream yeah i went out for 10k so i live in ely just outside cambridge and i went and ran around some very muddy bridal paths
0: very nice very nice mm. well look, john thank you very much for coming on to the show today i'm really pleased that you're here uh if for no other reason than catching up with you is always a pleasure john it's always a delight um i think we've been uh, i don't know how you describe us not colleagues but um what would you say Friends and colleagues.
1: connections, and I don't know. Oh, the connections sounds so cold. It's horrible, it? isn't it? It's and colleagues is a little bit businesslike. We haven't strictly worked together. Mates, are we good? Is that too much? Let's go with mates, John. I really like that. Mates. So let's say
0: we've been mates now, I don't know, five <laughs> plus years, something, something like. like that. Yes. Uh, we've been talking a lot, and I've always enjoyed. Uh, talking to you and admiring you from afar with what you've been doing in terms of helping people to become better communicators. Mm. And so that's what I would love to unpack and explore a bit with you today is to what do we mean by communication? Why is it important? And what can we do to be better communicators? But before we get into the kind of the nuts and bolts, the details, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell our listeners a bit about who you are and how you got to where you are.
1: Okay, I'm John Torrance. I teach confident communication. And let's see, I started off, I wanted to go into graphic design. I studied art, uh, somehow fell into level design at a video games company a long time ago. Um, But at the same time, uh, as I started there, I started doing stand-up comedy. So I was in my early 20s in London and thought I'd give it a go and got the bug and had an amazing time and did that for about 10 years, working in video games by day and then by night, like a sort of introverted superhero, um, going out and (laughs) making people laugh uh, for the attention and sometimes for money. And I did that around the country and it was amazing. And then I did that full time for a couple of years and I thought, well, I I want to know what happens. Can I become a superstar? And sadly, I didn't. And after a couple of years, my, my girlfriend who I was living with said, Hey, what's the plan? And I said, Oh, the plan. There's no plan. Go and get a real uh, job, John, please. Yeah, that, that's pretty much exactly. Were you there? She, yeah. She, um, yeah, she said, let's do that, which was fine because I'd, I'd done it for a couple of years and I got a lot better at it Yeah, and I'd found out what would happen and you know, it was okay. So I got a job at uh, Sony Cambridge, another video games company in Cambridge and we moved to Ely and started a family and we got married. And that was great. And then after about five years there, I saw a very senior figure at Sony giving a talk at a big company event. And it was pretty dreadful. Uh, clearly, a lot of time and money had been invested in this thing and he'd rehearsed it to death. And so it was very robotic. And so a little ping moment where I thought, "Oh, this guy needs all that stuff I learned doing stand-up comedy, which is he needs to write something that's concise and has a story and is interesting and maybe personal. And then he needs to deliver it with a bit of conviction. He needs mm. to deliver it as if he's a human being. And so I set up on my own. And that was about seven years ago. And now I coach people one-to-one and in groups. And it's all kinds. So there are video games companies who I love working with. They're my people. But all kinds of mainly introverted, mainly tech people. But I work with accountants and architects and all sorts. Mm, okay, um, And I love it.
0: I think that's one of the most important things there isn't it? that you love it and that I guess helps you to to enjoy teaching and helping people to improve their communications I guess having a passion for something always helps doesn't it?
1: It does and it's also you know I'm still a work in progress so I'm supposed to be teaching people how to be confident but now and again I will get terrified about something and I think well what's going on but that's fine because it's all part of this long journey and adventure and you know I talk to people about oh you should be authentic and I think oh can I tell them about my obsession with the Dark Knight trilogy is that you know is that professional <laughs> and it's it's just more fun if you Absolutely. can yourself but you liberate yourself from that pressure but I have to be uh, a great speaker and communicator and it's it's not professional to be authentic but of course it's completely professional and, but just way more interesting
0: i think it's required you know because I, I do quite a bit of teaching these days as well and i try to inject as much of of me into that those sessions as i do the actual content because i think that people are more receptive to information when they're kind of relaxed and happy and engaged and and um uh, you know involved in a conversation rather than me just talking at them for a whole day's worth of powerpoint slides and i think hmm. it's when we think about communication i think the number one thing people tend to think about is delivering presentations and i, I think that it's it's easy to underestimate the importance of a good presentation in terms of the impact of a good presentation versus the impact of a bad presentation. It's easy to go into a presentation underprepared and deliver something relatively, relatively, uh, underwhelming. It's not so easy unless you think about it to go and really wow somebody with a presentation. Um, and I think, that's probably the number one area I guess people you work with get stuck on, isn't it doing that public yes. speaking because communication yeah. is much broader than that, isn't it? but you know your area I think where you probably do most of your work is public speaking
1: yes, it's standing up in front of people, trying to persuade them of something, and often that will be the standing up in front of people with slides format, and that's the most popular format, and that's what people want to tackle, but of course communication is a very broad term and you're communicating all the time. So it's whenever you have a conversation with someone and uh, whether you're talking to them by email uh, or by phone, that's all communication. And it's mm. it's very easy to misinterpret certain things and it's very easy to send a bad message. But on the the other hand, you can send a really good message if you get those those basics right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I, I used to have a client who taught uh sort of kind of a vocal coach and she would always say that people can tell down the other end of the phone if you're smiling during the conversation yeah. and if you're not and i thought that was quite interesting because you, you know that's one of those things you don't tend to think about too much when you're on the phone i guess but it does make a difference do you, do you it agree definitely with does.
1: yeah absolutely and I, and I know that the the sound of your voice changes and you can tell when someone's doing that which is great but also i quite like to start off phone conversations, obviously it depends who it's with, but I like to start them off with something a little bit lighthearted, a little bit silly. And just, you know, talk, even if it is the British thing of talking about the weather or something I've just been doing. So like I mentioned going for a run and you didn't know I was going to do that. And I thought, well, why not? You know, it's actually happened. It might be It might go somewhere. It might not. It doesn't matter. And talking about what's happening there and then, just saying, oh, I've just done this or, you know, something silly, it gives I feel it gives the other person permission to, mm. to relax and have fun so I've had people phone me for a very basic business thing making some kind of booking and I remember someone phoned me and said oh is it all right now to, to speak to you now and I said yes I've got a mouthful of toast you know I'm eating a biscuit is that okay and it just says we're okay we can have fun but <laughs> yeah, we're still going to talk business relax. you know that's fine and then at the end you know I might say you know she might say oh, I hope you enjoyed your biscuit or whatever you know there's a little callback it's just a nice little thing." And giving people permission just to relax, I think, is really important. And that works with networking and all sorts of things. You know, have a chat about something that's nothing to do with what you're supposed to be there for, just at the beginning, and it's fun. There are certain people who are—they uh, feel that they're sort of obliged, or they, what they really like to do is to talk family before you talk business. So there are some people who will want to know, what have you done at the weekend, what's, what's happening, um, or they do it at the end of a, a yeah. phone call conversation because that's just how they like to, to end it
0: a classic bit of small talk release you know it's, it kind of helps you to get over those almost pre-match nerves to, you know you can get mm. into a
1: conversation once you've relaxed a bit pre-match nerves is good that's a great way of putting it actually because it's like with I think I get, i'm obsessed with thinking of ways of relieving tension and nerves for people when they're speaking and i think for people who are let's say if you're um an athlete or you're doing any kind of sport the, obviously, the psychology is a massive deal, but for, for some uh, athletes in are doing sports, it's good to, before the big event, go, it's a training session. Imagine it's a training session. You just take all that pressure off. And I think with any kind of speaking, if you say, Look, let's just have a chat, you know let's just let's just have fun let's just talk about the thing we know about and then it, it makes the whole thing mm,
0: yeah you're relieving that pressure valve aren't you a little bit absolutely so, so why is it so important john why is it the ability to be able to stand up and deliver a presentation so important in this day and age
1: I, well w- well let's see one of the examples i would give is sometimes people say to me oh i've got all this text in my presentation because the audience needs to uh, they know this, and we're going to send the slides to them afterwards. And I say, no, 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 you can have, you've got to have two versions. You've got to have a version for sending to them, which is full of text, but then you have the other one, which isn't, which may just be images, which is useless to them in isolation. The whole point of having presentations, the reason we have them, is because it's supposed to be better if someone talks to you about the subject. If it wasn't, then we would just email the PowerPoints. Save everyone a ton of time and money. Here's <clears> the PowerPoint have just come up with. Read it at your leisure, you understand the information. Hey, good, great, we're good to go. No, the reason we have people standing up in front of other people and speaking but, is because it's supposed to be better. The trouble, well, you have to be <laughs> It's always is often it's often it's yeah. rubbish and it, you're sitting there expecting something boring and you get something boring and blah. So it's persuasion, it's the personal aspect. That's the important thing. That's <clears> that's why we um, why we have presentations and that's why people need to talk to each other. Um, using their voice rather than text, and that's why it it works. But it's important because it's about establishing trust. If you want to start off with someone in any kind of business relationship or any kind of relationship, for that matter, you want to talk to them and find out what they're about. So I've got a video. I did a video um, a couple of years ago. I'd watched some promotional video for a book from some American guy and he's evangelizing on this beach, and I thought, that's cool, I want to do that. So I did my version, which is walking across... Um, Wandlebury in in Cambridge, which is the only hill for you know for miles okay. around. Yeah. Um, with someone for me, and I'm walking across a field, and I came up with what I thought would be something inspirational. And plenty of people say, "Hey, you know, I looked at lots of stuff, saw your video, and thought I want to work with you because of that video." Really? So that, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they specifically cite the video, and it's. Uh, was it two minutes, three minutes of me talking directly to camera? And it took loads of takes and tripping over and watching out for people with their dogs walking by and all that <laughs> stuff. But, it you know, and I, I do find it painful watching myself on video. Um, but I think I can,
0: everybody does this, John, don't they?
1: It's, it's horrific, yeah. But w- when I can force myself to do it, then I can see it's all right. Yes, and but that's the thing is the, the benefit from it is always massive because you can see, yeah, actually, that was okay. Like, that's not really good, but that's good. So if you can force yourself to do it, the what I think is the pain you experience has a proportional benefit in learning. Yeah, you
0: come I, I think so. And when you're practicing for a big presentation, you know you're gonna you're gonna watch yourself a few times or deliver it a few times. If you can record that, watch it back, and look for some of the things that you're doing and and spot opportunities to improve, there's always a benefit, isn't it? Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. As long yeah, and you- as.
0: Long as it's- you know you're not getting more nervous by going oh look at the way I look or how is mean, that
1: yeah it's well first of all you can get someone to do it on their phone it doesn't have to be a camera and a tripod which is a yeah. pain in the arse and more pressure anyway yeah and that you know you've got great quality um video recording on, a, on any phone now but the first thing will be those first few pointers which someone like me would point out which would be look the way you're standing is like this you know so maybe someone would be a bit stooped or have their hands in their pockets you know, let's let's nail those things first of all <laughs> really simple things let's yes. just sort those out so you can do that really you can if you can be bothered to record it or have someone record it and watch it back and see yeah okay the way I stand there is stupid or there's a phrase that I say all the time or I'm clearly speaking too fast so people yes. will come to me and, and say look I'm, I'm, I want to fix what I'm doing but they'll already be aware and they say I know I speak too fast I go well Guess what? You need to slow down. You know, Guess what? That's, that's, so that's the, where we're going to focus. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. Next, uh, but you know that. But that's the that's. And, but that's the other thing with working with someone like me is it's making that commitment, and it's it's like if you book a personal trainer. Yeah, maybe they're going to get you to do the things you know you should do, but you will have committed to it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and it's it's bothering to actually do it.
0: I think that's the thing with quite often when when you start out and. Doing public speaking, you might have to do it as part of your job. Uh, And it's when you get to the point where you're actually, I suppose, looking forward to and go and seek out opportunities to speak, that's where I think you start to see improvements because you're putting yourself in that situation. So I did a speaking training course a few years ago with a guy called Steve Trister, which was really good, actually. Really, really good. It was a two day session. And we started off with, he would record all of us, I think there was maybe seven or eight of us in the session and he would record all of us doing a 30 second, uh, presentation. And I, that 30 second presentation, I think I still have that somewhere because I look at it and it's just so painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I said to him, it's so time, how can you tell from 30 seconds what you need to fix in me in a speaker and I think he said something like I can see in the first 30 seconds there's already so much we can improve on I don't need to see anything else and it was the things that you just mentioned there at least one or two I think the stance for example I stood there not with my arms folded but for some reason with one arm down by my side and the other arm across holding it like I had a barrier for defense I was protecting (laughs) myself yeah yeah And then I think the next thing was, and I still do this to this day. It's interesting what you were saying about people know they talk too quickly. For some unknown reason, I find it very difficult to stand still. I have to consciously make myself stand still when I'm doing a presentation. Otherwise, I will invariably find myself rocking backwards and forwards (laughs) on my heels, heel to toe. I don't know why I do it. I think it's a a reaction to the stress of being there in front of an audience um and but i know these things now i can work on them i can look out for them which is really helpful for me as i go around you know speaking at events and conferences and things but what are the other areas so we've talked a bit about stance there we've talked a bit about speaking too quickly what are the other things that Uh, I guess the basics of a good presentation, what are the areas that you tend to find yourself working most on with your clients?
1: Well, generally I start with the material because I think you need to have good stuff. Your delivery might be amazing, but if you haven't got good material, you haven't got good content, then there's no point. So I like to get that sorted first. And that will often involve having a good story, having something relatable, having something personable, keeping it nice and short. Everyone can talk about their Particular subject for hours. It's yeah. choosing those particular bits which you think that specific audience will need, and then we get onto the delivery. But I want to go back to that actually. You know, that okay. that first thirty seconds. I think that's that's really important. Though I normally do that at the end or you know later on. It's that first impression, and that's the really important thing. There's a great book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about this. Okay. First impression of anything, Um, and the specific example he starts off with is uh, art experts looking at a a new sculpture that's been found, and, and quite a few of them, or a certain number of them, reacting with, "Oh, it's a shame you've paid all that money for it." Like they instinctively know there's something wrong with it. Now, what they know is actually, it's based on all their experience and knowledge, but you can't process that consciously. So you can just call on it instinctively. So you you look for certain signs and certain bits of information with which you're familiar and that's that's how it works. So with a person, it's I always tell people you've got to smile. As soon as someone is introduced or their name is said or you set eyes on them, they've got to be smiling and making eye contact. So if you're making a formal if you're giving some kind of talk to a group of people and you're introduced and now uh, Andy's going to come up, as soon as your name is said, you need to be looking at those people and smiling. So sometimes I've been introduced before I've been introduced, so people say, "Oh, John's here. He's going to talk to us in a few minutes about this." At yep. that point, it's no good me being, you know, in the zone and ignoring people and and getting myself ready. At that point, I'm beaming like an idiot, going, "Hey!" and waving, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm mad, but you know, I'm I'm interested. I'm, I'm engaged." And it's just funny, you know, it's just a nice little thing where I'm actually looking at people, um, <laughs> and then when I get up, smile, eye contact. This is me, hello, and and I will depending on the size of the audience, if it's a really big audience, I will go and get stuck in, which is a, something I learned. What do you mean? I mean, physically invade their space. I mean, physically get to the people who are too, if there are people who I think are too far away or quite far away, go and chat to them, go and say hello. So it means for those people who are at the back or further away, one, they're not going to get an easy ride if they feel like they can just sit back and post coast and not get involved, which, yeah. you know, which is important. But secondly, they might actually want to be involved, but they're too far away. So I'm saying you're going to get a show as well. You know, you're know, you going to be involved. Um, and if you are mucking about, I'm going to come and see what you're Googling. Um, I did that once at, uh, at uh, one event, and the guy was Googling me, so I, <laughs> I gave him a pass. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. We're good. We're good. Um, but it's, it's setting up. It's starting off properly, and that could be in the first five seconds. Yes. Because if that first five seconds is you... Faffing around with the laptop and worrying about oh yes whether your HDMI cable fits. Most of the audience are going to they're going to have got off the bus. You know they're going to check out and they go oh right check my phone, and they've already decided before you've done anything. You might have some yeah. amazing stuff to talk about. They've already decided this is going to be rubbish, which is unfair. But
0: I think that's one of the classic big mistakes you see people make is they they before their presentation starts they haven't made the they haven't made the preparation well enough to go there, check that the event has their slides, check the now to use a clicker, check that they know what's the deal with the microphone mm-hmm. so that they do all that technical stuff when the presentation is due to start. And it's a, it's a terrible way to start a presentation, isn't it? And yeah. and I think as well, something there. one of the things I always like to do is to get there a bit early so that uh, when I go up on the stage, I've already got one or two little friends that I've been talking to already. Mm. So, I, so if, if I was talking to you beforehand, I would walk on the stage, and I might even say, "John, how's it going?" or "Hello." Ah. and then I've kind of got friends that I can pull into, and they're my they're my comfort, my safety blanket, so that I already know there's some friendly people in the audience for me.
1: That's now you see that's really interesting. So I was working with some uh, people yesterday, um, some lawyers, and I was talking about that, but they were they're they're doing an event and they're going to give away lots of great advice but obviously they want to show how brilliant they are so people want to work with them which is great uh free event it's a great idea and i was saying go and you know she's saying do do i talk to people beforehand because it makes me too nervous yeah go and chat to them go and talk to someone beforehand definitely and then it's more of a chat and then you can walk up and go hey right here we are and it's just a bit more natural the idea of actually seeing someone and actually talking to them is really good as you get up and go hello you know how are you doing you know use their name even if you've only just met them is really good. I'm thinking of um, Hillary Clinton used to do this thing when she was running for um, for office, where she point point and you can see she yeah. points at all these people, hey, like that. And after <laughs> the, the second time you see it, you think, oh, you're just pointing because it's you know you yes. don't really know them, but they yeah. they're pleased to bits, you know, thrilled the bits that you pointed at them. But it looks like you've got friends in the audience. Absolutely, they have. But yes, it's you can, it's, it's, it's great technique. I, yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. So, and someone else I talked to had um, found, it was something I suggested to them but they said it worked really well, which is to be talking to people as you go on stage. So you, you start off and go, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do this thing now. All right, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, let's go. And you just sort of segue and it's just a chat. Thought, oh, that's nice.
0: Really, I like that as well. really funny. I might use you know, that.
1: Or <laughs> you you could say, yeah, I was just talking to Michelle and we were just saying, you know, isn't this lovely? Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It, but you see, that's the other thing. That's the conversational thing where you make it, that would feel um that would feel counterintuitive to a lot of people they think that's instinctively wrong you can't walk up there holding a cup of tea and go all right everyone you know but <laughs> but you can because you're you're basically saying i'm such an expert in this i'm happy yeah you know, and, and it's not yes. being lazy you're not going to just yes. muck about yes yeah. you're just going yeah let what should we talk about or, you know and, and that's the things you shouldn't be sort of winging it too much but uh. you're just gonna, I've got a point on that as well, is you yeah, shouldn't be winging
0: it at all. But if you wanted to look that <laughs> way as yeah. part of your act, as it were, you have yeah. to be super well prepared to be able to do it that way.
1: Exactly. and yeah. that's the thing. So I've, I've worked with people who can wing it. So I'd say like 10% of the people that I work with are, are happy, with, or actually less than that, know that they can have a bit of back and forth, a bit of banter, they can yeah. improvise. That's fine, but that's all they've got. They don't prepare uh, yeah. Stuff properly because they're used to it, so that's seen them through. But as soon as that fails, they're stuffed because they haven't got. Yeah, a, a yeah. yeah. So you've got to have the material. You've got to be able to do that, and they go, "Oh, that's not working." Right. Anyway, here's something. You know, here's something I prepared earlier.
0: So, so let's let's go back a bit, John, because we're kind of mm. talking now about the delivery, aren't we? But I feel like we haven't yes. done enough justice to the the preparation the of getting you yes. there in the first place because behind that half an hour, one hour presentation you do, there's you know. 10 50 100 times the amount of time in the prep you need to do i think to deliver that good presentation yes so so let's just kind of step backwards a little bit we've talked Mm -hmm. a bit about having a good story um i really like that you know and we've talked as marketeers about storytelling for the last few years it's been a big topic hasn't it um so you know obviously having something interesting to say is really important but in terms of uh the delivery or being able to deliver really, really well, what other things can you do in advance that will help you prepare your mind to be in the right space for when you take those steps up the, up onto the stage? Well, there's,
1: there's knowing that you've actually put in the work in the material, which we can then move on to in a bit, which, uh, you know, if you're just feeling nervous because you haven't prepared, I can't help you. Right. You you can do. Yeah. yeah. You deserve everything you get. Right. (laughs) You should have, you should have done the work. (laughs) That's cold, John. Very cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I roll. (laughs) Um, but you know if you've put in the work you've rehearsed it you know that you've got a good piece of material and you're feeling nervous well that's fine you can tell yourself I've put in the work yes I'm going to say the words in the right order and people are going to understand them great I think visualization can be really good someone had told me about visualizing yourself doing well and when they told me that I thought that sounds a bit weird and then I realized that I've been doing it for years Yes, I think about okay. the previous time that I gave a talk or did some training and we had fun. We had laughs. And yes, yes. You can Your subconscious can be tripped very easily by visualization because it doesn't know the difference between real and imagined events. So you can program your subconscious with anything. If you keep telling yourself I'm crap at this, which is a great British tradition of <laughs> beating yourself up and, yes. and you know, undermining your own credibility in you know, before you even started, then guess what? Yeah, it's, it might not go too well. I have tons of people who get up and go, Oh, sorry, everyone. I'm rubbish at this. That, oh that no, crap, you know. Yeah. And you know, I'm really bad at this. And they sit down. And I go. Actually, it's fine. <laughs> you, you know, you, yeah.
0: you,
1: you've convinced yourself. So your biggest opponent in the room is you. Yeah. Telling yourself a negative story. So you need to remember, I've got this. I'm going to have a chat about the thing I know about. It doesn't have to be perfect. And in fact, it'll be even better if it's not perfect. Yeah. And I'm just going to go and have some fun. And you know the the possible downside to a conversational style like that, which liberates you from that pressure possible downside is you'll finish and think, Oh, I didn't say the cool thing that I'd rehearsed. Um, but the plus that completely outweighs it is everyone felt like they could relate to you and you came yeah. across as an expert. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do you, and so working backwards, then rehearsal is the key before that. That's the yeah. step that most people miss out. People don't rehearse. Yeah. They, I agree. they make all their stuff. And then the first time they say the words out loud, is on the day itself, and they encounter all sorts of problems.
0: I think that because we're all busy people these days, the danger is that you think by writing the slides that you've got the content ready. But yeah. actually, what people remember more on the day not is not so much what you say, but how you say it.
1: Exactly. And so that's, the, the, and it's,
0: the performance is as important as the content, I think, of the slides. Definitely.
1: You, you need to spend as much time. Each one needs to have the, the, the same amount of work put into it. So yeah. that's what I'm saying with, with the people who, who like winging it a little bit and interacting, they've, they they will not typically won't work on the material, Yeah. but most of the people I work with will work on the material, but not do anything on their delivery. Yes. And they'll think, Oh, well I'll make this great stuff. I'll make great slides and no one will look at me. But of course that's not how it works. So you've got to work on both.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and actually uh, I, I find that that helps me with my comfort levels in terms of getting onto the stage in the first place, even though I rehearse my presentations loads I definitely guarantee I will miss some points in the delivery every time and where I plan to try and do something, even with a little tiny bit of humor, I'll miss that. But something mm. natural will happen. Somebody will say something and and there's something natural that is actually much more entertaining than the kind of canned laughter approach you're trying to build into your snarks. I find that but- happens nine times out of ten.
1: But there you go. So that's your that's you being able to react to something in the moment, which is a fantastic skill to have. And that's where the real laughs happen, where something that in itself isn't particularly funny is highlighted by, which is the job of the stand up comics to point out all these stupid things that happen.
0: Um,
1: And you point out that that thing's happened, and the fact that you've mentioned it makes it funny because it punctures the tension. So you might make a mistake, and there are let's say it's an obvious mistake. There are two ways of handling it. One is to go, "Oh no, this is a mistake. This is going badly," and to verbally tell the audience that this is <laughs> this is going badly, or to smile at them and go, "Well, that's broken. Should have done that properly, shouldn't I?" Right, next one. Yes. And basically, says you're in good hands. This is what I do, <laughs> and you don't worry. Yeah, don't worry because they're looking to you for guidance on how they should feel about it emotionally. Yeah. So if you say to them, "It's fine," or you. Worth, the, you know, or actions that, that show them that it's that you think it's fine, then they'll go, Oh, okay, well, that can't be a problem then. Yeah, yeah, And Pretty simple, but it's it can be tricky in the moment to not highlight something. So it's like, so the tech going wrong, like you said, you know, researching the technology, uh, as soon as it goes wrong, you've got to ditch it. As soon as it becomes, Oh, go and get the IT guy. Oh, yeah. sorry, everyone, you know, people all oh, talk amongst yourselves. Don't ever say that to me. I'm, I'm good. No, how about you do the presentation,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so you haven't is. got the slides, but you've learned That's your right. you've learned your content,
1: right? <laughs> Let's yeah. go
0: for it anyway.
1: Talking most yourselves might have worked anyway. Don't, yeah. uh, don't get me started, Andy. Don't get me started. Whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> Calm um, me. No, I, got, I think down. I got myself started. Um, it's. I, I want to go back. Got, a bit a digit- go on. On. there's yeah. something
0: else I wanted to go back in terms of kind of before we mm. get to the day, day in the delivery. One yes, thing. yes, let's talk about... Because <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing you back here, John, until I get yeah, the answer no, I, no. I was trying to get back here, <laughs> but
1: no, I derog myself. So, um, let me let me, let me
0: tell you one as well, because oh that's what I love, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I've used this, is if you're speaking at a conference and you're nervous about it, the time to first experience the room in which you are going to deliver that presentation is not when you stand up in front of an audience so the week before or a couple of days before go to the same Mm. venue go and stand on the stage look around you know have a feel for the space feel what it's like to be stood up next to the lectern and and work out where you want to stand because then the next time you go up there to deliver the actual presentation it's not new you've got over that first barrier
1: perfect advice and if it's a big conference you just go and do that straight away go and stand at the lectern they should have a sound check or some kind of check anyway definitely but exactly get up there because you'll find out a ton of weird things that will be quite disorientating yes which you don't you don't want them to be disorientating when you give them talk the talk you want it to be disorientating beforehand and then you get used to it so there'll be things like super bright lights um stupid little microphones on the lectern uh, a difficult step uh, a creaky bit of floor just all sorts of weird stuff and you just want to get used to that and and big problems like you know that you can't see your notes or there isn't a clicker or it's a weird clicker or you know i've seen people hold the clicker upside down and they're clicking backwards and, and it, things going donk 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 over and over again like it's, you know because they didn't and they yeah. didn't realize because it's a symmetrical clicker there's no way from start yeah. so you want to encounter all those problems but you're right you you get in there the day before, night before, or as you said, a week before, get used to it and go, where do I need to be looking? Right? Yeah. There might be people who are miles away. There might be people who are above you. There might be people to the side or almost behind you. Give them a show as well. If it's a really big place, they might have a stage that's sticking out there. But here's the other thing. If you can get in there the week before, rehearse.
0: Uh-huh. Right.
1: Have a run-through. Do a few run-throughs. And the, the benefit there is, as you said, you, it'll just feel better. But it means when you get up there, you go, okay, well, I am sort of, I feel fairly familiar with this. Obviously now, yes, there's maybe 400 people in here, but you will look more natural. You will look more comfortable because you'll Definitely. just be moving around Definitely. as if you're used to the space and not commenting like everyone else has on the creaky floorboard. You know, yes, you over there, exactly. For example, and you'll be going, oh, look at this. You, you'll just be getting on with it. Another day at the office, you know what you're doing. And I think that makes a real difference. I mean, it's, I like to say to people, have you ever stayed at a nightclub until the lights come on? Right. There's a, there's a, you know, I, I remember doing that a few times and it's a chilling experience, <laughs> but what it does yeah. is it, it removes all of the, you know, all of the glamour, all, of the, all the wonderful <laughs> things. That are there. But you can do that with a room by going there when it's empty and you realize, yeah, it's not that big and all right, there are a lot of chairs, there will be a lot of people, but it's just a room.
0: I really like that, John. I used to work in, the, in a student union nightclub. And when the uh, lights came out at the end, it was like, wow, oh my God. What yeah. <laughs> That's right. But right up until that point, it was great. You know, it was glamorous almost for a student union. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That makes a bad of sense. So right. let's, let's talk about writing. Let's talk about okay. writing.
1: So top sure. tip, top tip then, say the words out loud. Now, if you write the words down, I create something that is beautifully written. It reads well, but it might not speak well. If you see what I mean. Yes. If you say the words out loud, I like to walk around, just say them out loud, and then write those down and note those turns of phrase and get used to saying it. Then you do yourself a massive favour in terms of writing alone, because yes, it's just going to be more concise. It's yes. going to flow. You're going to have little nice little segues between each section, rather than we must endeavour to overcome forthcoming challenges of the approaching year that's all good english but it's not how most people would speak really so you say next year let's do it better next year let's tackle these things head on talk how you would normally yeah, talk i
0: think you humanize it a bit you know r- exactly. cold hard writing is one thing but when you're communicating person to person as i think presentations generally should feel to be then you use a different language really isn't it
1: exactly and the, the danger you can fall into with the with the writing writing is you create a speech you create something that as I say, it reads really well and it might be very good as a, uh, a a political speech from 30 years ago but it's not it's not what people want to hear no in this particular place they just want you to talk you've got you might have amplification It might be a small room so you can have fun with it
0: yeah okay all right so kind of pre pre match uh preparation then so get your story write your slides read them out loud practice the delivery uh, mm. Go and check the venue out. Make sure you're familiar with the tech. Um, anything else on that before the big show?
1: Yeah, I would say don't make your slides until you've got the material ready. I would uh-huh. say have a talk that's ready with no slides. So what the first, the main reason for that is you will save yourself a ton of time and effort. Okay. I like to thrash the talk into shape on cue cards or just on bits of paper, post-it notes because then you can move stuff around. So you might might want to write out the whole thing, just one first draft on various sheets of paper, and just have it out there, not as a verbatim script, but as your, the body of your text. And then you can see everything all at one go. You can edit as you go, run through it again, say it all out loud, get used to saying it, edit it, and then distill that into cues, into keywords, so mm-hmm. one word for each section. And each section might be 30 seconds, it might be a minute, it might be a few minutes. Because then, even for a 40-minute talk, you won't need more than, say, 40 words, maybe more like 20.
0: Mm, okay. you know I mean? And
1: then you, you thrash that into shape. Then, because then, when you edit, because inevitably, you'll go through and go, oh, do you know what? I don't need that section. Or that needs to come first. Yeah, or it's the wrong way I'm going to cut all that. Or this takes too long. Or do you know what? That's another talk. I don't even need that in this talk. That doesn't make any sense. And you ruthlessly edit it down, get it to the, the real good stuff. Then when you've run through and go, right, this works, then you need to think, where do I need a slide? Where would a slide help? Because you might find you don't need any visuals at all. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Ooh. Wouldn't that be great if you walk in and you've just got a few index cards, a sheet of A4 even, and you go, I'm ready to go. There's no tech. There's no clicking. There's no mucking about. There's no stupid fonts. Cool. Any number of things. No
0: now, Comic Sans? Come on.
1: No, no that's right. Or <laughs> Trebuchet or anything like that. Now, admittedly for a lot of audiences, that might be a bit of a challenge and they might yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, probably better. If you have some images at least, however, start with nothing, bring in the things that you really need.
0: Mm, okay. You might just
1: have three fantastic, lovely high res original images that you've brought in. And um, for your 40 minute talk, that's going to blow everyone else away because they're all going to have bullet points, stock photos.
0: Oh, the, same stock th- the curse of stock photography. Well, they're, they're
1: funny. Let's not go, there. Like, let's not go I, there, John. You, you like stuff. I've got, no, ironically. So, um, <laughs> caption them. Do captions. Funny captions are the best thing for someone. Uh, That's what I think.
0: Okay. Okay. So, let's assume then we've gone through all those bits and we're ready to yeah. go. We turn up to our, our conference or our meetup or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we are in the room. What do we do next to make sure that we ace that presentation?
1: I'd want to make sure the tech was all working. So so a good example, um, I went to a networking event. I was doing a talk. Slides were there. Turns out it's not working with the, with the main screen. So no one's got slides. So I go, right. Okay, I can still use my laptop with my slides and click through them. So I've got a prompt. Good. That works because I don't think I brought um, a printout. Uh, so it's just making sure you know what you're going to be doing. I want to know where I'm going to stand, try and work out if there is a screen, Where yeah. am I, which side of it I'm going to stand on. I like to do things differently to everyone else, so I like to stand in a different place to everyone else. But also what I mentioned before about how far away, the furthest away people are going to be. Can I get up to them? Can I reach yes. them? Can I talk yeah. to them? Um, my thing is to look at the room and do a little room observation, which is a stand-up comic thing i used to love doing so if there's something weird about the room notice it for one but then have something on it some kind of angle so you might say that it uh, i know there's a uh, place i've been to where they have soundproofing and they look like giant smarties on the wall (laughs) yeah so but you drop but you basically you're sitting there for 20 minutes or half an hour whatever just going what you know what is that and then you just drop it in as if you've just thought of it (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's always good. So, you know, I'm a big fan of chocolate. Oh, look, a giant smarty. And then you just move on as if, but I think it's just getting familiar with, with the room, with the shape of it. Um, but also maybe not even running through your stuff. You know, I think that there's something to be said for learn the rules and then forget them, which would be make sure you've really drilled your, your talk, got used to the sections. You've got everything there and then go, do you know what? off we go because there's, there was some people who I've seen who have notes and they don't look at the notes once but they're there as a safety net or they'll come yeah, off and go yeah. oh, I didn't look, didn't look at these at all great it doesn't doesn't matter um, but as long yeah. as you're not reading a script because I've seen people do that they'll read stuff out and it's
0: dreadful horrible.
1: Yeah, yeah okay um, so, but, I, but I think the thing about chatting to people is really good even though you are you're feeling nervous chat to them, just get used to the
0: space. I find that helps you to overcome the nerves because uh, whilst you're in a conversation, you're not then thinking about the next 20 minutes, half an hour of your presentation because you're in a conversation. So you, you, Mm. you're you're focused away from that. And I I also find if I turn up somewhere and I'm still trying to rehearse and practice my slides, I just get more nervous because I realise there's more stuff that I haven't remembered clearly. So for me at that point, I have to forget it. What will be will be, I'm going to go up there and do what I can. But if I'm still trying to learn it at that point, then I'm in, I'm in a bag of nerves.
1: (laughs) That's That's it. But also, you know, use that. I mean, fear is a limitless source of energy, but use that to remind yourself next time, next time I'm going to prepare correctly, right? (laughs) Because, you know, it's, it's important. I remember doing, um, the freelance heroes event for um, Ed Goodman, uh, last year. And, um, I'd emailed the slides in advance. And so I walk into this incredible venue and there are my slides up on the screen. I go, brilliant. Let's click through them. Click, click, click. We're done. And that was the greatest yes. feeling just to know I haven't got to sort out the tech, you know, we're oh, gonna go yeah. through them yeah, yeah. and go, right. Do they look all right? They look fine. Right. Coffee. Let's go. And I, I mean, it's funny, you know, I like to get somewhere really early just to be sure. But at the same time, I think what you've, sort of alluded to there the idea of sitting and staring at the space where you're going to be standing for an hour might not be that helpful
0: definitely not
1: so definitely it, it not. might be better if you know you familiarize yourself with the space and then you go off and get a drink and just have a chat and then just you know just walk back in and they go all oh, right andy you're up and you yes. walk on and you know i remember doing stand-up yeah. comedy and doing that where i do two gigs and one night it's for the same people at different venues <sighs> yeah. around leicester square and they go right hurry up because you're on in five minutes like they're having a break you need to go so there's something wonderful about <laughs> Just walking in and going, right, here we are, it's me, hey! You know, you're walking to the venue all the way up and on the stage. And, um, yeah, that's there's something nice. Well, you sort of haven't got time to be nervous. I'll get people up to speak, in a, you know, from a group of people. And, of course, the the first person, and goes, oh, you know, it's the first, you know, it's really tough and it is tough. But they haven't got time to be nervous. So no. they just introduce themselves. Meanwhile, the poor... That's right. ...person at the, who's 12 is going, oh, you know. <laughs> and I think, oh, I've got it, really, you know. By then, but,
0: from what else did. yeah, yeah, but by then as well, you know, there's a good chance you've seen two or three really good presentations. You know, like, <laughs> oh my god, they smashed it oh, the expectations yeah. are high, and I'm last on, that's tough, yeah. Um, something you said there as well go and get yourself a drink. Uh, one rule I always have if I'm going to be doing any kind of speaking gig is I won't have a drink drink before I've done the presentation,
1: oh, yes. No, I, I certainly didn't mean that, yeah. Um, so I'm very clear on that. So, stand up comics, for example. Other than say Al Murray, as far as I was aware, all the comics I work with were all like teetotal, certainly while working. So yeah. the pint of water, yeah. pint of coke, pint of squash, because you d- because obviously they're being stand up comics, they're obsessed, and um, you don't want to lose the edge. Yeah, if absolutely. Bolter just even a little bit, you'll mess up. So, admittedly, one drink probably would take the nerves off, but here's <sighs> the thing. It's, yeah, so first of all, it affects your judgment. You go, oh, that was good. I'll have another one. And
0: then yeah, yeah, yeah. Tricky,
1: Rocky Road. But here's the thing. Let's say you have a drink. People see your drink and you make a mistake. What if for a moment they thought you were drunk? That would just be horrifically uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's one reason for definitely not doing it. Um, but also, I remember talking to a student years ago who said, oh, what about um, beta blockers? You got beta blockers? And I said, I'm like. What are you talking about? And they were they were absolutely certain. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, you could do that. Said, no, you want to mess with your heart. How about <laughs> you just get used to the speaking room? It's the thing is, it's fine to be nervous, right? Yeah, it's yeah. fine to be nervous. You should be nervous.
0: Yes. You should
1: be shaking a little bit like a leaf because this is important. Yeah. It matters you don't know what the result is going to be good. You're a human being. I think anyone who's just completely relaxed with their heart going at 60 BPM before whatever (laughs) resting heart rate before they go up there, something seriously wrong. People have told me, Oh yeah, I'm completely confident. I don't get nervous. I think the nerves probably help a bit.
0: Yes, I think so. There's a kind of nervous energy that kind of, I think gives you the, the courage almost to go and do something. Mm. I've overcome this now. Oh, I've got on the stage the first barrier. I'm now talking. Oh, right. I'm actually, I can relax a bit cause I'm here. I'm doing my thing. I'm getting a mm. response from the crowd. No one's mm. yawning or, you know, on their WhatsApp yet. Uh, I'm doing okay. And that gives you confidence yeah. to carry on and, you know, deliver the rest of your presentation on the drinking thing as well, though. I find, you know, a couple of drinks, I will definitely, change the way i react with that audience if there's some back and forth i probably would say something a bit more uh, (laughs) no a bit different you know and i don't want to risk that i'd rather stay sharp stay professional you know uh i I much prefer to be sober as a as a judge when it comes to doing a speaking gig. okay so so let's let's just recap in terms of once we're there in the performance of the of the day itself so we're going mm. to get there early we're going to get comfortable with the stage make sure the tech's okay we're going to get up on the stage potentially engaging with the audience members as we go i love the idea what did you call it a room observation giant smart is oh, yeah.
1: that's just so something gold. yeah
0: something, something to break yeah. the tension and to get you into yeah. it and then because you have Learn your slides and your content already then the actual what you deliver should be absolutely fine um is there anything else that you can think of that's kind of a golden top tip for people to take away
1: um here's, here's one thing i quite like and i break this all myself unfortunately but if you this is specifically with slides if you mention what's coming up on the slide before the slide comes up then it feels like they're backing you up and they're illustrating what you're talking about rather than the presentation is the slides and I'm going to just talk about them so I I have used them as a cue and I guess that's that's breaking this rule but it's great if you say the next thing you want to talk about is delivery and then you click it and it comes up and then it's it's as if it's following you um, rather than the other way around
0: I like that, John. Yeah, it's following you. You're leading the slides. Exactly. Yeah, you know the content. The slides are just there for the audience to catch Mm. up. Here's
1: here's another thing, um, which is probably a bit more important, which is go with the flow. So there's a great quote from Eisenhower, who, as well as being the US president just before that, uh, commanded some of the operations in Europe in the Second World War. So he knows what he's talking about. And he says, I've always found uh, planning to be essential, but plans to be useless. And I rather like that. But I think the idea is put in the prep, consider everything that you want to happen, everything that might happen, have contingency plans, but then on the day, just go with it because you can't control what's going to happen. Yeah. You might have a load of great material. You've got 10 amazing sections you want to cover. Uh, section three, someone goes, oh, I want to talk about this. And it's section seven. You go, all right. And you know, you've just got to go with it. Yeah. Um, you can't tell them, I've put in all this work, creating all this great stuff. You've got to go with it. So I think <laughs> No no,
0: we're gonna do slide two and then we're gonna do slide three and slide four. That's That's right. the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah, I've, I've I've prepared something. But but it's also going with how you feel. It's going with there being a loud noise or someone coming in really late or the previous speaker overrunning by ten minutes <laughs> and stealing all your time and yeah. you're going, Oh, this is this has destroyed everything. You go, right, do you know what? I've got to miss out this bit. I've got to do this bit. Yes. Just go and not go, well, the previous run, the speaker over ran. You know, no, just, <laughs> yeah. you just got, yeah. you've got to be but you've got to bury all that. You've got to hide all that stuff and go, right, here we go. <laughs> thank <laughs> that, you. That, um, speaker.
0: That, I love that quote. I'm going to use that, John. Um, yes. Thank you for introducing that to me. It kind of, something reminded me that I did a presentation at um, a B2B marketing conference. I was going to say seven, six, seven, eight years ago. And just as I stood up, and I think I would said maybe the first two or three lines, somebody in like row three stood up, picked up a coat in her bag, walked out and walked out of the room. Um, and you know, at the time I was like, oh my God, I've already killed yeah. somebody in the audience. And out of nowhere, something came out of my mouth along the lines of, have I bored you so much already? <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> oh my God. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, then we had a little bit of banter. And she left yes. and it was great. But afterwards I was like, oh my God, where did, where did that come from? You see, you
1: see, that's really interesting. So one way to play that is to completely ignore it.
0: Yeah. So the rest
1: of the audience is like looking to you going, is that okay? Is that okay? And that you're, you're ignoring it. Okay. We can ignore it. Yeah. Maybe it's not important. Maybe you know something about it that we don't, doesn't matter. I would, what I like to do is you could do what you did, which is fine. Um, I find that if there's a particular word that I've used, I'll just refer to whatever the previous noun was, and just go. And at the mention of tables, uh, someone always leaves. You know, just
0: got you, just, got you. But
1: um, <laughs> but in a way, but it's funny isn't it, that in a way, you sort of acknowledging it could be quite funny because you're just pointing it out, and showing you're okay with it. But do you want to point it out and look as if you're wounded by it? Yes, uh, or well, offended. I,
0: I was worried that it looked a bit confrontational, but I think yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got away with it. I think somehow just and I uh, think apparently. I think that
1: sounds funny, Andy. Yeah. I like that. Because yeah. it's you but you but you see you're responding to what's happening in the moment. Yes. Which is good. That's that takes a lot of confidence.
0: But but John, did um how long do you think it took for me to get invited back to speak at that conference again?
1: Uh ten minutes.
0: How Never long? have I been invited.
1: Back. <laughs> that isn't me you blew them away. You blew them away. They
0: can't <laughs> they can't they, they can't ever top it. Was that good? They can't
1: talk about it. They can't
0: yeah. top it. John, I I, I thank you very much for joining me and talking about some of this stuff because it's really important. And when I'm, because I teach marketing apprenticeships and chartered institute marketing courses, I always talk to the groups and say, look, this is so important if you want to progress in your career that you get comfortable with the ability to stand up and to deliver a presentation or to to sell your idea to a board of directors or to convince a group of stakeholders that your idea is great. And, And being able to do that in a, in an environment like a presentation, is such a crucial business skill, and I, and I think it's so important. And I, and I love the fact that uh, good people like you, John, are helping others to improve their communications. Because when I did a communications or a presentation skills course, I mentioned it earlier. It was really yeah. transformative in terms of giving me the um, the the. Ability and the the confidence, to not just to present in a in a in a conference, but to do better in meetings and to sell ideas better, and it really helps me in so many ways. Um, that I think it's such an important thing, and and uh, yeah. for that I thank the world of speaker and communication skills coaches. Mm. So so that leads on very nicely, John, to if people are wanting to work on this area of their um, their career or their their skill sets they can come and talk to you and me can't they John
1: yes uh, because we're running a fantastic one-day event confident communication exactly
0: that that we are and the the purpose of this wasn't to spend the whole time pitching that session but (laughs) but I think let's do it anyway John right at the end we're here now yeah yeah why not why not why should people come along
1: this skill of being able to persuade people by speaking to them is useful in every aspect of your life and certainly in every aspect of business life. And specifically, quite recently, I helped someone prepare for an interview and they got the interview, and that was fantastic. I mean, they got the job, and I felt fantastic about that. And I realized that's but what I taught this lady in less than an hour was just the absolute basics yes, of just get these points right, and clearly she stood out because of that. So incredibly useful skill for most areas in your life
0: perfect i totally agree i totally agree and john if people are listening to this and going i don't want to come and pay
1: to talk to these guys
0: (laughs) but they want to talk to you anyway john how can people get in touch what's the best way to reach out and say hello to you uh
1: find me at johntorrens.co.uk i'm literally all over the internet Uh, that's john without an h isn't it yes j-o-n-t-o-r-r-e-n-s.co.uk I should be pretty easy to find LinkedIn, (laughs) Twitter, Instagram, all that.
0: I'm sure that you are, John. Look, thanks again, John, for coming on the show. I've, as always, thoroughly enjoyed speaking to my mate, John
1: Torrance. Yes, likewise. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to this event.